Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. David French of the Dispatch, uh, who is a very, very smart fellow, uh, a veteran, uh, attorney, uh, and uh, I, I find myself disagreeing with him a significant chunk of the time. But he's one of those guys who is so bright and he builds such a good case. Again, it's good to confront ideas that differ from your own. And in this case, I think he is absolutely 100% correct. And this essay he wrote is so brilliant. Part of me wants to read the entire thing to you. Um, but you'll get the idea after a couple minutes worth. Uh, it It is one of the best cases I have ever seen in my life of looking at this stuff against affirmative action. Affirmative action, the case before the Supreme Court currently, which I've heard smart people say will have bigger ramifications than the, the, the Roe versus Wade decision, which I don't quite understand. But I think I see their point. I'd have to noodle it through for a little while, but. Yeah, I mean, what percentage of people uh, have an abortion any given year? It's tiny. I mean, it's way too many, in my opinion, but it's it's fairly small. 
Plus, it was just, it was the Supreme Court. I about said just, but it's not just for some of you. But it was the Supreme Court saying it's not guaranteed, but states can do it if they want. Whereas this is, you're not allowed to use race. Right, right. It, it's a violation of your your constitutional yeah. rights. So anyway, back to my comparison: the the percentage of people who get an abortion in any given year is uh, very very small compared to the percentage of people who are of one race or another. It's everybody. Racial discrimination is not the path to racial justice. Why Harvard is wrong, writes David French. And trust me when I tell you, this is going to go brilliantly in directions you're expecting and also in directions you had no idea it's going to go. Oh, boy. That's what struck me. Uh, the, The Supreme Court will hear oral arguments in the most important case of this term, arguably among the most important of this new century. It will decide whether schools can continue to discriminate on the basis of race and college admissions. He says the Supreme Court should say no. It should say no because the law should compel it to say no. We should cheer that outcome because morality and justice are in harmony with the law. Racial discrimination is in fundamental tension with racial justice, even when racial discrimination is purportedly designed to advance racial justice. To understand the reasons for this position, we have to understand a few realities about American discrimination. Slavery is rightly called America's original sin, but American racial discrimination didn't end when slavery did and hasn't been confined to American's black population for centuries american law didn't just permit and protect vicious invidious discrimination in some jurisdictions it mandated it it took 345 years and he explains what he means until 1964 when the civil rights act finally comprehensively outlawed racial discrimination in the u.s to end this dreadful legal inequality but one can't simply end discrimination by passing laws against discrimination One way to think about the Civil Rights Act is that it finally gave marginalized communities the tools they needed to seek justice. Or I would jump in, as uh, Martin Luther King pointed out so eloquently, it's time to cash in this promissory note. You've been promising us rights in the Bill of Rights, the, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, they've come due, way overdue. Getting back to French, for the last 58 years, since 1964, they've been battling back slowly but surely, taking the rightful place in American life. The moral necessity of ameliorating the effects of centuries of discrimination is clear. The method for doing that is not. But here's one principle that should guide our nation's response. The wounds caused by racial discrimination can't be healed by racial discrimination. Then he goes into the fact that the Civil Rights Act of 1964, a law that applies to every educational institution in the United States, that gets any federal funding, is extremely clear. No person in the United States shall, on the ground of race, color, or national origin, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subject to discrimination under any program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. That is unequivocal. Clear enough, right? This is the legal mandate to end programs and practices that discriminate, and he goes into a fair amount of detail. Here's the part that makes his case, it it helps his case go from pretty damn strong to clear. I mean, you either have a principle or you don't to, wait a minute, the people claiming to be uh, using racial discrimination uh, well because they're so honorable and upstanding and their, their motivations are so pure. Yeah, here's where he calls crap on that. So they want to use racial uh, discrimination for for good purposes, right? How has that system worked in practice? As Richard Collenberg argued last week in The Atlantic, universities are keeping a dirty secret. Racial preferences, quote, provide cover for an admission system that mostly benefits the wealthy. 
In other words, the universities preserve a long-standing status quo that privileges those individuals, legacy admittees, children of donors, etc., who preserve the university's wealth and power while using race preferences as a blunt instrument to render universities diverse along racial lines only. Here's how the system works. Yeah, I just came across this argument yesterday, and I'd never thought about it or heard it before, but it makes perfectly good sense. Here's how it works. Elite universities attempt to accomplish multiple goals at the same time. They want to maintain the community and financial benefits of legacy admissions and donor favoritism. They also want to maintain the high-class GPA and SAT scores that are the foundation of college rankings. Those poisonous college rankings. And they want their incoming classes to look like America. Yeah, whatever. Right. The the result, especially in elite academic circles, is is extraordinarily pernicious. You need to use the word pernicious more. Means evil, more or less. Favoritism for legacy admittees and donors' kids can result in classes that are both disproportionately wealthy and drawn from a relatively small ideological and religious slice of American life. Yet race consciousness creates clear academic double standards on the basis of race alone. Harvard's practices are particularly egregious. And that's one of the, the schools involved in the suit, the other one being the University of North Carolina. As Students for Fair Admission noted in their Supreme Court brief, Harvard's racial preferences are enormous. In absolute terms, race is determinative for at least 45% of all admitted African-American and Hispanic applicants, or nearly 1,000 students over a four-year period. But their affirmative action plan didn't involve merely boosting black and Hispanic applicants. To get the numbers Harvard wanted, it had to penalize another racial group, Asians. And their method was deeply disturbing. It systematically downranked Asian American applicants' personal ratings. And here's the uh, the group final suit again. Asian American applicants should be admitted at a higher rate than whites. They are substantially stronger than white applicants on nearly every measure of academic achievement, including SAT scores, GPA, the academic rating. They perform better on the extracurricular rating and on alumni interviews. And they perform similarly on nearly every other rating that matters. And there's a good deal of detail. Yet non-Asian applicants were admitted at the same rate as non uh, white applicants, uh, that's the legacy donor type people. The reason is the personal rating. And we talked about this yesterday. At the, and uh, long story short is in ways that are never explained and never need to be explained. Oh, look at that. A large chunk of the Asian kids are zeros personality wise. They're boring. Nobody wants to talk to them. They lack the qualities of the Harvard man, the Harvard woman. And so they eliminate tons of Asian kids who've busted their ass so they can admit the legacies and the donors and a few black people. And they have the cover of well, we don't ad- admit based on race. Uh, we use the totality of the students, uh, you know, being to let them in. You have to let us do that so we can keep diversity. So it's it becomes uh, a a cover, you know, a thick black curtain behind which they can do whatever the hell they want. And what they want is to rake in the cash. Yeah, so I, I was uh, hearing about this from a different source yesterday, and it um, it reminded me of hearing Larry Summers. He's the economic guy under Obama. He was president of Harvard for a while, and I remember him talking about when he was president of Harvard, he was sitting in his office one time looking out the window and thinking, after all of these years of racial preferences to try to have a more diverse student body, why am I looking out my window and seeing an almost entirely white campus? And it's because of, it's all the 
legacy donor types. That's what it is. It's all mm-hmm. the privileged white kids that get in because of who their parents are. That's what's dominating the discussion. But they keep around the whole affirmative action thing is cover for that, which I had never heard before. Yeah, and I like what David French says about the downgrading the Asians. Uh, These personal qualities have nothing to do with race. Asian Americans receive by far the worst scores, nor are those scores an innocent coincidence. The district court found, quote, a statistically significant negative relationship between Asian American identity and the personal rating assigned by Harvard admission officers. Think of how this works in real life. Um, you've worked your entire life to get into your dream school. You know that gaining a mission helps guarantee an extraordinary amount of economic opportunity and cultural prestige, but you're stymied, not because of your test scores, your extracurriculars, or any other objective measurement. Instead, like your other Asian classmates, you're deemed to lack courage or kindness. The assignment of negative personal characteristics on the basis of race is what invidious discrimination looks like. It's what the Civil Rights Act was designed to combat. Right. And and I just wish more people realized that this isn't about letting in. Uh, doing away with affirmative action is is going to lead to fewer white kids that shouldn't be there. Not more. You would think. And, you know, the, the, so the main points are, number one, these these methods, these practices, oh my, we're running late, um, are not the the honorable, equity, you know, beautiful quest for, for equality. They're not that at all. Um, and the second thing is, um, and this is the main point to me, and, and I made it yesterday, but I'll make it again. The idea that you solve the problem of the lack of achievement of black American kids at the level of Harvard and the University of North Carolina is obscenely stupid. You do it in the kindergartens, in the grade schools. You do it in the homes. Why the underachieving? The legacy of slavery? Okay, even if I concede that, you don't attack it when they're 18 and they're applying for Harvard. Well, and how is being racist against Asians going to help anything? Right. Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I forewarned you. Let's go, Brandon. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So uh, it was funny. Uh, last week, I think it was, beginning of this week, come to think of it, I was stressed about a couple of different things. And it was kind of building up. And um, and I noticed Baxter, my dog, was acting really weird. And he was like, uh, I mean, his nickname is Mr. Underfoot. Mm. But he was really underfoot. I mean, I couldn't go from room to room with him without him following. I thought that was interesting. Uh, then I come across this uh, article. Your dog's nose knows if you're feeling stressed out. Long widely been believed that dogs can detect extreme emotions by smell. Now, scientists at Queen's University Belfast in the UK have proven that a dog's nose is accurate. Acute stress changes, uh, I'm sorry, acute stress changes the compounds found in human sweat and breath, according to research. Uh, and so they did an experiment with dogs who were presented with uh, samples collected from human volunteers 
um, who were under stress, and the canines were able to detect with greater than 90% accuracy which samples came from before and which came from after the 36 human volunteers who were under stress. I, I don't know if I've noticed it with me, but I've certainly noticed that my kids, my kids are hurt or upset or whatever. The dogs always come over to them more. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so here's how they caused stress in the humans. <laughs> they did not leap out from behind the back of doors nor uh, send angry chimps in their direction. So you don't wait till you come across a stressed person. You have to create stress in the person for the experiment. Okay. Right, yeah, in these psychological laboratories, I've told the story many times back in my college days, a fellow could make a quick 5 to $10 for volunteering in a, a psych department psychology experiment. You'd be there for half an hour, an hour, or something like that. You'd fill in their little diagram, or you'd uh, whatever, and they'd tell you it was about one thing. Then at the end, they'd tell you it actually wasn't about that. It was about this. You'd think, okay, great, give me my $10. <laughs> I want to go squander it. It'd be easy to do with me, just walk in and say, hey, where's the paperwork for the title for your home or any anything else like that? Oh, I mean, oh, jeez, I don't know. <laughs> but here's how they put the volunteers under stress. And this was enough stress that the hounds were over 90% accurate. They had them spend three minutes trying to count backward aloud from 9,000 in units of 17. Well, come on. <laughs> wow, that's a tough one. 9,000, then 8,983. 8,900. I'm already stressed. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, isn't that funny? Uh, so, yeah, it, what's not clear is if the dog feels empathy, per se, because um, the dog seemed kind of excited and happy that they'd found what they were looking for, but they were getting rewarded. Yeah, for I know. It, what so it is. it's hard. They're worried because you're stressed out that you're going to forget to feed them. That's what's right, going so on there. There to remind you. Yeah. Um, blah, blah, blah. Then, uh, is that what I'm going to do? Where is that? Oh, um, the uh, folks involved in the study compared it to dogs who can smell cancer by picking out breath samples in a lineup, which is incredibly that effective. Is. Uh, they can also smell seizures coming, from what I understand, oh. at times. Um, a therapy cat, Oscar, something for you cat lovers. It's an inferior pet, but here's something for you. <laughs> I, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm not. Oh, boy. Cats are lovely companions. A therapy cat, Oscar, is thought by some to have sensed death was coming based on ch a change in how people smelled when they were close to death. Uh, Oscar, the cat, as I recall, was at a, a hospice or something. And if he came to your bedside, it was like, call the family. Because Oscar knew. Wow. That's something. I wonder when I had cancer, because I had, had four dogs, I think, at the time. I, you know. I never thought about it, but I wonder if they did anything different during the before I knew about it. Hmm. I don't know about that. I'm trying to come up with a nickname for the cat. The think, Grim Meower? Or, uh, <laughs> I think my dogs got together and discussed who was going to get which of my possessions if I didn't make it. Wow. Or who got the first shot at eating you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All bets are off. All right. That is Listen, something. Jack was a good guy. We all enjoyed getting treats from him and walking sometimes, but... We are going to eat them, or we agreed on that. But I have yeah, seen, I've seen many times, and it's awesome uh, when my kids have been upset and the dog runs over and you know cuddles up against them. It's fantastic. Yeah, the the scientists here say, do they care? Uh, presumably, they do. They're responding to it in a way. Nah, I would say as a practically lifelong dog owner, yeah, they care. You're part of their pack. Mm. They know 
that something is amiss in the pack, so they join with you and let you know, I let, literally, I got your back. Anybody comes at you, I'll bite them. Interesting. Yeah. Which is sweet. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Armstrong and Joe Getty. What a personal privilege. Don't get brazen with me. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is this is so interesting. This is how this works. I had some other things I was going to do about the state of commercial real estate uh, post-COVID and such, but I just I found this so, so interesting. You know, one of our emailers who sends us too many emails, frankly, with uh, links to ultra-conservative websites and publications and web and such. Um, and, you know, some of it's good. Much of it is not. Here's the headline. Shocker. WAPO sheepishly admits the FBI found no nuclear secrets or anything else in their Miralago raid. There's nothing funnier than watching leftist punchinellos beclown themselves over the latest We've Got Trump Now hijinks. There's some truth to that. Uh, remember when the FBI raided Trump's home, supposedly looking for nuclear secrets a few months back? Guess how that turned out. I'll let the quizlings at the Washington Post spell it out. Uh, federal agents and prosecutors have come to believe former President Donald Trump's motive for allegedly taking and keeping classified documents was largely his ego and a desire to hold on to the materials as trophies or mementos, according to people with familiar, I'm sorry, according to people familiar with the matter. But wait, there's more. It was and a then fishing the, expedition. 
The summary is not only did the FBI not find any nuclear bomb codes, they also found no evidence uh, of Trump looking to leverage, sell, or use the government's secrets. Um, duh, duh, duh. And, and so there were no nuclear secrets or anything, and they finally had to admit it. Well, to their credit, they have a link to the WAPO article. So, like the Sherlock Holmes that I am, I went and read the original article during the last commercial break. And uh, much of what was said was true. It was just as, as it was as I described it. One, he wanted the mementos because he's, a, he's an avid collector of mementos. That's known about him. His office is full of them. Every wall, every space is full of mementos of sports and meetings and, and whatever else. Second thing is, he believed if he wrote the letter, it was his, which is a very Trumpian thing to believe, even if somebody says, no, Mr. President, actually, the uh, National Archives Act of 1976 says blah, blah, blah. He'd say, no, I wrote it. It's mine. It's a very Trumpy thing to do. But in reading through the article, it's much more balanced than that super right-wingy thing uh, described. There were descriptions of Iran's uh, missile systems, uh, highly classified information about defense capabilities of other nations, uh, highly sensitive intelligence work aimed at China. According to, and again, what the hell's going on with this? People who are kind of whispering about what they found, which is highly improper. And again, if this stuff is accurate, It seems pretty reliable because it's pretty measured, but the only reason I bring this up is you got to be careful of your sources. There's a there are truckloads of money, trainloads of money being made telling you what you want to hear. Now, if you want to just go with that, it's none of my business. You live your life how you want. But, you know, especially if you're going to send it to us, take a look at the source. Is the source reliable? Is it solid? Or is it just kind of a, a red meat churner? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, come on now, folks. We, you, us, mock the crap out of lefties for watching MSNBC and thinking Joy Reid's telling the truth. They're fools. They have no perspective. They're in their bubble. Well, I'm not going to mock people in bubbles than live in one. Yeah, anyway. it's interesting. Uh, it does seem that some people just naturally have a hunger to want to know what exactly is true, and some people have very little hunger for that. Um, I really want to know what is actually going on with various stories. Yeah. Maybe it's just because yeah. what I do for a living, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm always embarrassed when I'm wrong about something. Um, yep, I agree. And so I'd, I'd prefer not to be. That's that's part of it, honestly. I mean, when you're on stage in front of uh, quite a few folks, you'd prefer not to make a jackass of yourself, which we still manage to do on a semi-regular basis. Right. I'm fully willing to admit that. Shockingly often. So g- go figure this for me. Washington Times, conservative pu- publication, very good paper, slash website. What's a paper, Joe? Well, it's when they print out a website for some reason. Um, It's a website, WashingtonTimes.com. Kamala Harris hits her stride as White House grooms her to replace Joe Biden on 2024 ticket. See, that is a story that got planted by Kamala people. I don't know how they do that. But in the Washington Times? From what I understand, reading about this my whole life, you do it for access. You do it for, you make an agreement 
when she runs, you'll be able, you'll have, you know, access to do interviews and that sort of stuff. And so you do it. You put the puff pieces out there. That's the way it used to work, anyway. Even the conservative Washington Times. I mean, that that explains this perfectly. Vice President Kamala Harris departed Wednesday for a week-long trip to the Indo-Pacific region, the latest move by the White House to burnish her image as the logical successor to President Biden if he won't or can't run well, in 2024. Let me, let me look at it this direction. Can you come up with a journalistic reason they would have that headline? No. <laughs> but wait, there's more. After a rocky start in office that included frequent staff turnover and her struggling in television interviews, Ms. Harris has found may have found her footing in recent months. They've um, been hiding have her. Have you seen that? No, they've been hiding her for months. They found it, her. She's found her footing in that they like lock her in a basement to make nobody make sure nobody hears her <laughs> say something stupid. Indeed, Washington politicos see a concerted effort by administration officials to get Ms. Harris out in front, both domestically and on the world stage. Says uh, Patrick Basham, director of the Washington-based Democracy Institute, quote, they're trying to send a message to other potential candidates that they need to cool their heels because Harris is very much in the on-deck circle. This is one of the crappiest loads of crap I've ever read in my life in the Washington Times. I mean, oh, I got it. Kamala's people said, listen, you run this 40 gallon barrel of whipped cream bullcrap you and when it's clear that joe biden has lost his marbles we will tip you off <laughs> we will be your anonymous tip when it's clear the president has lost his marbles come on yes i'm telling you the math works <laughs> bad i had a kef care armstrong and getty Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. 
tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm kind of hot to trot for this ballot harvesting issue. It so stinks of corruption. Stinks of the, the corruption I grew up with in Chicagoland, where it was just known that the dead were voting and, and the elderly or infirm were having votes cast for them and that sort of thing. <clears throat> so since I grew up with it, the idea that, oh, we're just honestly gathering bushels full of uh, sincere votes and just bringing them in to be helpful. I mean, it's just hilarious to me. And ballot harvesting is illegal in a lot of states, most states, I think. Um, but Cal Unicorni, of course, is uh, leading the way to make it as easy as possible. So this is the actual how-to from the Democratic Socialists of America. Ballot harvesting. They call it ballot delivery. Uh, da, da, da. This is the Los Angeles branch, although I think this is the national website I'm looking at. Yeah. Um, so here's how to. And before, well, I don't know. How do we structure this? Yeah, I'll just dive into it. Uh, one, confirm strong candidate support. If voting for the other candidate, thank them and move on. So you're not under obligation. Uh, you know, if it's Smith and Jones uh, running and Smith is the socialist's choice. And I say, yeah, I'm voting for Jones. They're not obligated to turn in my ballot, and that's fine. Um, but uh, have you received your ballot already? Great. Will you find it, please? Mm. So, you, so you're so you standing there in person, in their home, probably, in this scenario, and saying, oh, great, find it for me, please, would you? Will you vote now? God, you're, a, you're a, such a different sort of person than me. You're not coming in my own period. And then you're certainly not going to say, could you find your ballot for me? No, I'll find it whenever I feel like. Get the freak out of my home. I'm just I'm just so not the sort of person that's going to have, have this happen to me. Right, right. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I almost brought that up in advance. Don't, that's what I was What are you deciding. doing in my house? I got well, things see, to do. I'll do it when I get to it. Get the hell out of here. I agree. And for you, this is not an issue. <laughs> no, but it's just so weird to me. It's hard to kind of put myself in the place of these people and, like, get inside their heads. So here's where I'm going to go with what I was going to go with in the intro. You have to understand that there are huge swaths of humanity who are very easily intimidated. If somebody with a firm tone of voice tells them what to do, they will do it. That's why electioneering is illegal. You can't campaign at a polling place because you will have an undue influence on people and or it makes intimidation too easy. Electioneering... Or, you know, a polling place pushiness is strictly illegal. It's, 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 everybody agrees on it. Even though that whole food and drink thing is a phony effort to get electioneering going, as we covered at the time. They're trying to deny you a drink of water and wine. <laughs> oh, you lying liars. 
The idea being, you know, the uh, the union could show up handing out waters and saying, remember to vote for Jones. <laughs> no one 36. Well, right. It'd be impossible to police all of that. Mm-hmm. So once you allow electioneering, it goes crazy. So anyway, but why is that so illegal? Because people can be intimidated or duped or lied to or whatever into changing their vote at the moment of voting. And that's too dangerous. But if it's some goon showing up, and whether it's through persuasion or intimidation, uh, uh, misinformation, outright fraud, is right there in the person's kitchen influencing their vote and using one of those many means to get the vote. So getting back to the instructions. So uh, great. Will you find the ballot, please? Come on. It'll just take a minute. These are the actual instructions. Will you vote now? Ask at least three times if they refuse. Ask at least three times. Wow. Again, I've got to, I've got to try to strip away my entire personality to try to get in the head of people who would be susceptible to this and think, I guess they would go along at some point. Well, right, exactly. And yes, you, you do need to do that because it's it's clearly you know part of our electoral system. Um, you're supposed to say uh, candidate X is in line with all the values in our voter guide and we need your help to change this city. I want to make sure that your ballot, this is the script, I want to make sure that your ballot doesn't get lost in the mail or in the city bureaucracy. If we fill it out together right now, there's an official place to sign it over to me, and I can bring it to the city directly either today or first thing tomorrow morning. Then, step four, once you've successfully filled out the ballot using our voter guide, please ensure you place all of the ballot pages in the envelope provided. Have the voter fill out the red box on the right side with their signature date and voter's address. You will fill out the top portion with your signature name and under relationship to the voter, write volunteer. Once you've collected the ballot, congratulations. We're one step closer to ensuring we change Los Angeles for the better. Then they tell you how to turn it in. So strictly illegal in every district in America to pressure people at a polling place but completely completely lawful in progressive quadrants of the country to go into their home and do it and then collect bags full of ballots from an apartment complex, say. And, of course, every single one of those ballots will be painstakingly checked for their signature and everything else, right? Yeah, maybe. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, that's Ballot something. harvesting, folks. That's interesting. Yep, and again, this is straight from the uh, Democratic Socialists of America website. Yeah, and um, I mean, there, there's proof that this sort of thing would work, that there are personalities that go for this sort of thing based on uh, everything we know about, um, you know, the the robocalls where they try to convince you to give them your bank account information. Obviously, sure. that works enough to the tune of billions of dollars that, you know, it's the same sort of personality, I would assume. Well, in the first place they go, riddle me this. Why do you suppose this is? The first place they go is old folks' homes, retirement homes, care homes. Yeah. Where the people are legit voters, but very easily flummoxed and, and intimidated. I was thinking about political leanings yesterday. So the a park near my house, they're going to, there's a sign there saying we're going to 
rebuild the park or something like that, you know, uh, fill out this survey. I'm kind of curious on it, and I clicked on the little thing. Everything now has got the little symbol on there, and you... Yeah, the QR code. You click on it. and I see these on, uh, like, telephone poles where it says, click here to learn more about something. And I think, how do I know what this is that I'm not just... <laughs> You know, opening up my phone to the Russians, the Chinese, whoever. You, you haven't even told me what this is. I wonder how often that works on people. But anyway, this one uh, had uh, all the earmarks of being legit, and it, it certainly seemed to be. But anyway, so I'd opened up the survey about the park thing, and it was going through, you know, this park structure is uh, 23 years old and does not meet current ADA requirements. So we are going to spend however many millions of dollars to rebuild the play structure. Would you like it to be like this or this or this or this or this or this or this? Anyway, I was just thinking my natural inclination, and this is a political thing, I guess this is conservative versus progressive. I would assume that some people that lean more progressive, their um, uh, initial feeling is things are going to get better. Because my initial feeling is that things are going to get worse. I am I'm, I'm I, I told my son, I said, you know, my, my guess would be things, it's going to be worse than it is currently. And that's just the way I approach these things. It's the opposite of progressive. My assumption is that whatever they do is going to be worse than what we've got now. What do you call mm-hmm. that? Is there a name for that? Is that just mm. being, a, is it beyond Experience? conservative to, to uh, <laughs> reactionary? Am I that? I just assume because that's my life experience. Well, right. Most of the yeah. time, they, they, they tear down something that was perfectly okay and replace it with something I like less. That's my life experience. You got to learn to scream, this is my truth. This is my truth. Because nobody's allowed to argue with you after you do that. And it just it just occurred to me that that's the way I feel about anything that the government's getting involved in. If, if they're redoing an intersection, I assume, based on my life experience, it's going to be worse than it is now. Because that's usually what happens. Not always, mm. but usually. Okay, yeah, intersections. They're going to eliminate a lane and put bike lanes there. I know, I've seen oh. it over and over again. Oh, see, that's the difference between me living in a conservative county and you in a very progressive place. Because I'm thinking intersections. I think you may be a maniac. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I assume they're going to tear down this play structure that my kids have enjoyed for a decade now and replace it with something not quite as good, but meets all kinds of different regulations and theories about learning and et cetera, et cetera. All it is is a flat surface so with a rubberized surface. So if anybody falls down standing still on the flat surface, they'll be padded and won't be injured. This is the new <laughs> playground, kids. Enjoy yourselves carefully. Carefully. No running, please. So in the comments section, I, uh, I said, I've been coming to this park nearly every day, which is true, for a decade. And I know how many kids play on this playground equipment. And I'll be interested to compare it to how many kids play in the playground equipment when it's replaced. Because I, I have a real good uh, experience with this thing. And it's going to be kind of fun to watch if two years from now, if it's kids are enjoying it the same way. Or if all of a sudden it's a, because I know there are, I know of parks. Boy, I know a bunch of different parks where they have playground structures. I've never seen a kid on ever because yeah. they're just not very fun. They're just not fun. They might meet all kinds of different government requirements for Disabilities Act or safety or carcinogens or whatever, but there ain't no kids playing on that because it just ain't fun. Yeah, I love those websites that show old-timey playground equipment in the U.S. and and currently in most other countries because most other countries don't have our liability system. Right. Our our attorney-driven paranoid liability system. 
and and their kids still learn to mitigate to to handle risk to mitigate risk to decide how much risk is worth it for them and to learn that stuff not in america that's why we're raising a nation of veal calves and it's funny on all they gave you options on all these different things and my son my 10 year old was picking mostly the traditional stuff just like his old man i don't know if it's genetic or if it's from living with me or what but if it gave you like these new modern swings that i can't even figure out what they are that have all these safety harnesses and things or just the plain old traditional swing back and forth with a bar across the top of you he chose the traditional kind um, these it, newly designed swings they swing a foot forward and a foot backward because any more than that you'll generate too much speed it's dangerous well yeah and they limit how high you can swing so that nobody swings any higher than anybody else because that would be a lack of equity equity swings that's right everybody swings exactly the same Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Open a limited time 11 month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org/cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 